All right. So, after all the uh, uh, introductions, we're about to start chapter 4 of Shara Yichud. Chapter 4, which is going to answer the question he left off with in chapter 3. The question he left off with in chapter 3 is that I understand that I'm able to see the ray of the sun when it actually leaves the sun because then it has its own entity. But when it's within the sun, you can't see it because it's just part of the sun. So you wanted to tell me that why I'm able to see the world and I don't see just nullify to God because I don't see the sun. I don't see the light of God that's bringing the world into existence. I don't see the speech of God, the Dvar Havaya, that's bringing the world into existence. But the Alter said that seemingly the Moshul is not Doimalanimshul. Because the ray of the sun actually leaves the sun. There's a place where the ray is, and there's a place where the sun is, and there's a place where the sun is not. So the ray actually leaves the sun. But the created beings never leave the light of God. Created beings never leave the light of God for a moment. So the question comes back, what are we looking at? If all, all there is is God's light, what am I looking at? Why am I seeing a world? And the answer is going to be, you're still seeing godliness. But you're seeing a different type of godliness. You're not seeing the light of God, which is a revelation of God. You're seeing the darkness, you're seeing the tzimtzum, the concealment of God. Now, when God does a concealment, when God does a tzimtzum, that's as much God as when He reveals Himself. Right? What's the difference if it's your right hand or left hand? Right? They're both you. The famous example the Rebbe Rashab gives, by the way, for this, is that you know that there's an obligation that a person is supposed to cover their hair. A person is supposed to cover their head. But let's say you don't have a yarmulke and you cover your head with your own hand. Is that considered a good hand covering? No. Why? If let's say somebody else puts their hand on your head, is that a good hand head covering? Yes, because your head is being covered. But when you put your own head on your head, your own hand on your head, that's not considered a good covering. Why? Why not? Why, when you put your own hand on your head, is that not considered a good head covering? Your head is being covered. If somebody else puts their hand on your head, that's considered a good head covering. So it's not that a hand doesn't work. A hand works. So why because your own hand not cover your head? Why is that not considered a covering? And the answer is because it might look like your head and your hand are two separate things. But your head and your hand are really both you. That that your, your, your head and your hand seem to be two separate things are the way they seem bechitzonius, the way they seem externally. But deeper, what are your head and your hand? They're both you. They're both you. So when your head covers your head, when your hand covers your head, it's, it's not covering it because your head is really you and your hand is really you. So there's nothing covering it. You are not being covered by anything. So too, when it comes to Hashem, what we're going to learn now is that Hashem has two main ways of manifesting. Corresponding to Shem Havaya, Shem Yudke Vavke, Shem Hashem, 
and corresponding to Shem Kim. And that is Hashem manifesting in a way of revealing Himself. And Hashem, the other hand, the other way Hashem manifests in a way of concealing Himself. Let's see inside. Let's read chapter 4 inside. It is written, to answer the question we left off with in chapter 3, the Pusuk says, it says in Tehillim, in Psalms 84, it says in Tehillim, Kishemesh umogen havaya elikim. That's the Pusuk in Hebrew, Kishemesh umogen havaya elikim, which in English, for a sun and a shield is havaya elikim. Now let's first learn what's the Pusuk Pshat. What's pshat in the pasuk? For a, your son and a shield is a vile kim. What's the simplest explanation of this pasuk? God, your Lord, is your son and your shield. Right? That's the simple explanation. God is your son and your shield. Yeah? Have everyone with me? Havayali kim, God, your Lord, is your son and your shield. But the way the Alter Rebbe is going to learn this Pasuk, the, the Pneumius, the inner way of learning this Pasuk, is that you split it up. In other words, listen to the words, Shemesh umogen havaya elikim. God, your Lord, is a sun and a shield. But it could also be read that the relationship of the two names of God, of Havaya and Elikim, the relationship of those two names, the way those two names interplay is like a, the sun and its shield. And its shield. First of all, let's just explain what's the shield of the sun. And then we'll get back to explaining this puzzle. What's the shield of the sun? So let's just read a little, a little more in the text. The explanation of this verse is as follows. Shield, in other words, we're talking about, we're not saying that God is your son and your shield is two random different things. We're saying the sun and its shield, that the sun has a shield, has a sheath. What's this sheath? What's this shield of the sun? So the explanation of this is as follows. Shield is a covering for the sun to protect the creatures so that they should be able to bear its heat. So this is a fascinating thing in today's day and age with, uh, with um, global warming and uh, the ozone layer and all these things. I don't know exactly how that connects to these things. But one thing for sure is that Chazal say that the sun has a shield. That there's a shield, there's something protecting the sun that if it, there wasn't some kind of shield, some kind of sheath over the sun, then the light of the sun would be too great and it would burn up everything and everyone in the world. So shield is a covering for the sun to protect the creature so they should be able to bear its heat. In other words, we have in our tradition that the sun is actually in a shield. It's in a sheath. It's in a mugging. It's in a protective covering that makes its light not as intense. Again, I don't know if that connects to the ozone layer or, you know, global warming, things like this, but but look what it says further. As our sages of blessed memory have said, it says in the Gemara Navarah Zara, our sages of blessed memory have said that in the time to come, the Holy One, blessed be He, will take out the sun from its sheath, the wicked will be punished by it. In other words, 
in the future, it says the Chazal say that Hashem is actually going to take the sun out of its sheath. It's going to Hashem is going to take the sun out of its covering, and the wicked are going to be punished by the sun, and the righteous are going to be healed by it. But what's the deeper level? What's the deeper understanding of this idea that It's that God has two ways of manifesting as like a sun and like a shield. And they correspond to his two names, Havaya and Elikim. The names Havaya and Elikim are like the sun and its sheath. Let me explain. First of all, what does it mean that we speak about that God has different names? What does it mean that God has different names? We know in halachically, how many names does God have halachically? There are seven holy names that can't be erased. That's in halacha. The seven holy names that can't be erased. Among those, now, so and what do all the different names correspond to? They correspond to different ways God is manifesting. God is unitary, but His manifestations, the way that His light manifests, the way that His attributes are, have a multiplicity, and corresponding to them are the different names of Hashem. Like, for instance, you could have a person that wakes up in the morning and is called Honey, Daddy, Mr. Schwartz, and Schmuck, all within an hour. Honey, Daddy, Mr. Schwartz, and Schmuck, depending on to whom he's manifesting, to whom he's having a relationship with, right? When your kid calls you, your kid calls you Daddy. Your spouse calls you Honey, hopefully, or maybe your spouse is the one calling you the Schmuck. But, but right, then your, your secretary or the taxi driver calls you Mr. Schwartz. So depending on how you're manifesting, that's the name that you're called, so you could be called by many different names. You could be called by many different names. And so is Hashem depending on how God is manifesting. Now, even though that's true, listen carefully, because this is very important. Even though Hashem has many names, depending on how He's manifesting, and generally they correspond to the spheres, etc. But the two main names of God... There are two main names of God. Evidenced by the fact, anyone remember, remember what Pasuk is the whole Shara Yuchud based on? Let's go for a blast for the past. What Pasuk did we begin with? Shah Perak Aleph. What did the, how did Shara Yuchud begin? What Pasuk are we coming to explain? Huh? The teaching in the pathways, in the foundation. Yeah, over, over the, yeah, right after that, when he brought a pasuk to the the beginning of Sha, of Perak Aleph, that was in the foundation. That was in the introduction. That's very good. But in the beginning of Perak Aleph, when he began, when he began introducing the Baal Shem Tov's teaching, he said, "Would you think that there's a God in the water under the earth that the pasuk has to tell you so much?" You remember, we had a pasuk that says you should know today, and it's not enough today. You have to internalize it. You have to bring it to your heart. Which, if you remember, we learned that means that it's something that's very against our empirical experience. It goes against the way that we usually experience the world. And what does that Pasuk say? You remember? That what? 
כי השם הוא האלוקים. How many times in Judaism do we speak about the Pasuk, the, the words Hashem Hu Elikim? Hashem Hu Elikim. You remember Yom Kippur? Seven times at the end of Yom Kippur, we scream seven times Hashem Hu Elikim. Right? So we see many times that, that many Psukim are telling us to unite the names Havaya and Elikim. Because even though Hashem has many names, but generally, the names that most throughout, from when God begins revealing Himself before Tzimtzum, down from the first Tzimtzum that we spoke about yesterday, all the way down to the physical world over here, on all levels, the two main ways God functions, the two main ways God manifests, the two hands of God, so to speak, the right and left hand of God, so to speak, are Havaya and Alekim. Havaya is the name of God when He's revealing Himself, when He's allowing Himself to be revealed in an open way. Elikim is the name that God uses when He conceals Himself, when He contracts Himself, when He conceals Himself. That's Shem Elikim. So what does Hashem Hu HaElikim mean? Like the Zohar says, to know that Havai and Elikim are really one. What does that mean? If the Shem Havai is God revealing Himself, and Shem Elikim is Hashem contracting Himself, and the Zohar says Havai of Elikim Kulachad, what does that essentially mean? That when God is contracting Himself, God is concealing Himself, it's as much God as when He's revealing Himself. We might, it might contract for us. It might, it, in other words, when you put your left, when you put your hand on your head, your hand is there, but it's still you the same way. You might not be able to see your head, but your head is continuing with your hand. I'm going to say that again. If I'm covering my head with my hand, I might not be able to see my head but my head is continuing with my hand. The hand is a continuation of the head, because they're both me. So when we say that Hashem Hu Elikim, what we're saying is that whether God is revealing Himself, or God is contracting Himself, they're both equally Him. So whatever you're experiencing in the world, you're either looking at God as He's revealing Himself, or you're looking at God as He's contracting Himself. If you're able to look at the world and meditate on what it really is, you get a glimpse of Shem Havaya. If you're looking at the world and it's completely, you, all you see is concealment, then it's Shem Alekim. But one way or the other, it's, it's one of the two hands of God. It's one of the ways God is manifesting. Let's read the, let's read the text inside. Again, it is written, For a sun and a shield is Havaya Alekim which means the relationship of the names Havai and Elikim function like a sun and a shield. The explanation of this verse is as follows. Shield is a covering for the sun to protect the creature so that they should be able to bear its heat. So the sun has a shield, has a sheath on it. 
As our sages of blessed memory have said, in the time to come, the Holy One, blessed be you, will take out the sun from its sheath, the wicked will be punished by it, and the righteous will be healed by it. By the way, before we even go further now, I think now everyone could understand the deeper meaning of this Gemara. Right? What's the deeper meaning of this Gemara? The Gemara says that in the future, Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to take the sun out of its sheath. Right? Hashem's going to take the sun out of its sheath. And the wicked will be punished by it and the righteous will be healed by it. So the simple meaning is that it means the sun, the sun itself. But based on what we're learning now, we understand that what it means is that what's Mashiach? What's the, what's the judgment of Mashiach? Hashem is going to reveal Himself. Hashem is going to take the sun out of its sheath. He's going to reveal Shem Havaya. So what does it mean that the wicked will be punished by it and the righteous will be healed by it? It means very simple. Will people be able to withstand when Hashem reveals His light or not? When Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to reveal His light. You know, it says actually it's brought in Tanya, in the first part of Tanya, in chapter 36. That's the deeper meaning of, we say about, Remember the Pasuk, Hashem owes la'amo yitain. Hashem yivarech atamo b'shalom. Right? What does it mean, Hashem owes la'amo yitain? God gives strength to His people. And the answer is that Torah and mitzvahs are going to give us the strength to be able to withstand the revelation that's going to happen when Mashiach comes. At the giving of the Torah, when Hashem revealed Himself, our souls left us because we couldn't handle it. But when Mashiach comes, um, if you have Tanya, chapter 36, it's on page 165, if you have the Hebrew-English Tanya. If not, it's in, in chapter 36. I just want to read for you a couple of lines, okay? Um he says, The Mashiach comes, the divine light of the blessed Ein Sof shall shine forth in the place of darkness and Sitrachah throughout this world, all the more strongly and intensely. Hashem's light is going to shine throughout the world strongly and intensely. With the excellence of light emerging from darkness, then its effulgence in the higher worlds where it shines through garments, and in concealment of the countenance which screen and conceal the light of the blessed Ein Sof, in order they shall not dissolve it of existence. So higher worlds have to receive Ein Sof with screens, with, with sheaths. But when Mashiach comes, Hashem's infinite light is going to shine in this world, with nothing covering it. For this purpose, the Holy One, blessed be, gave to Israel the Torah which is called might and strength, right? That's why Hashem gave to the Jewish people the Torah, which was called Oz. Hashem Oz La'amo Yitain. God gives strength to His people. What does it mean He gives strength to His people? He gives them Torah, which is the strength, which gives the strength to be able, let's look what it said, as the, the all, um, as the rabbis of blessed memory have said, that the Almighty puts strength into the righteous in order that may receive their re- re- reward in the hereafter without being nullified in their very existence in the divine light that will be revealed to them in the hereafter without any cloak. As it is written, no longer shall thy teacher hide himself. So you see in chapter 36, the Alter Rebbe explains that what does it mean that in the future Hashem is going to take the sun out of its sheath? Hashem is going to reveal His infinite light down here in this world. 
And the strength that allows us to receive that is the Torah mitzvahs that we do now. The Torah mitzvahs we do now is, is what allows us to receive that revelation when Mashiach comes. I'll tell you something very fascinating. I'll tell you a beautiful idea that Lubavitcher Rebbe once said over. Based on this idea, he actually cried when he said it over. It's, it's a really beautiful idea. So you remember before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, before the exodus from Egypt, God gave us two mitzvahs. The blood of the Pesach lamb and the blood of circumcision. If you remember. And the sages say the reason being because at Erem area we were naked. We were naked for many mitzvahs. And Hashem wanted to clothe us to be able to receive the revelation of Egypt. He gave us the mitzvah of the Korban Pesach and the mitzvah of Bris Milah so that we should be able to do those mitzvahs and be able to receive the revelation of, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. You remember? That's what it says by Egypt. But if you look over there in Rashi, in Parsha's bow, okay, Rashi unusually, because he doesn't usually do this, Rashi quotes who says that. That idea that Hashem gave these mitzvahs that we should be able to receive our reward, Rashi actually quotes who's the one that said that. And it says, Hayer Ramasya ben Harash Oimer. Ramasya ben Harash. That was his name. Ramasya, the son of Harash. He was the one that said that Hashem cloaked us, gave us these mitzvahs so that we should be able to receive the word when Mashiach comes. And the Rebbe cried and he said, You know, we know about Ramasya ben Harash. His yeshiva was in Rome. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says that Ramasya ben Harash's yeshiva was in Rome. And so the Rebbe says that what does Rashi mean? Even the, the phraseology of Rashi is that this was a usual thing that Ramasya ben Harash used to say. Ramasya ben Harash used to say all the time that Hashem gives mitzvahs to Jews so that they should be able to withstand the revelation of God's light when the time comes for the redemption. And why was Ramasi ben Harash, why was that something that he would say so often? Because that's why he was living in Rome. You understand that Rome back then was like, let's say, saying, you know, exile. Rome was the place where there were many Jews that were very far. And so he put his, he established his yeshiva in Rome so that, he, that more Jews could do mitzvahs. Which fits with the Lubavitcher Rebbe's modus operandi also, right? The Rebbe wanted that everyone should do mitzvahs so that we should be able to receive the revelation of Mashiach. If we don't have those mitzvahs, we won't be able to receive it because the deeper meaning of that Hashem is going to take the sun out of its sheath. What's the deeper meaning of that? Hashem is going to reveal His infinite being without any simtsum, without any concealment. And therefore we're going to need the O's, the strength of Torah to be able to receive that. And therefore, that's why it's so important that we do some mitzvah today, that the, uh, every Jew has to do, at least do some mitzvahs to be able to receive that revelation of Hashem's light when He takes the sun out of its sheath. Is that clear what I'm saying? Any questions at this point? Okay. So, but once we understand this, so if we're speaking about the sun and the shield being in God, the being the two names Havai and Elikim. So, let's read inside. Let's, so let's see, now the altar is going to say how these two names, these two ways that God manifests interplay. They interplay like the sun and the shield. 
Let's see inside. Now. Yeah, we're holding by the word now. Four lines from the bottom. Just as the covering shields, i.e. conceals the sun, so does the name Elohim shield, i.e. conceal the name Havaya, blessed be he. So that means that the name Elohim is the shield, is the sheath covering up Shem Havaya. And now he, he's gonna he's gonna explain this now, but but it, it goes it's a very long explanation. It really it's many, many, many sentences, the explanation, so I want to make sure that it's clear outside before we read the text inside. We'll probably get to the text inside tomorrow, but I want to make sure that we that we're clear with, with what's going on over here. So basically what's the Altareb's answer? When you look at the world and you're not seeing God or you think you're not seeing God, you're seeing a world just as a world, what are you really looking at? You're looking at Shem Kim. You're looking at the shield. You're looking at the tzimtzum. You're looking at like the hand that's covering the head. You're looking at Hashem making a shield, making a sheath, to, to contract, to conceal his own being. The example that's given, just to make this a little easier, he doesn't bring it over here, but he brings it later on, and, and he brings it earlier on in chapter 23 of Tanya. Just to make it a little easier, this example of Shem Havai and Shem Alikim, the Zohar likens this idea of Shem Shemog and Havai Alikim, the interplay of Shem Havai and Shem Alikim, the Zohar says that Hashem is like the snail or the turtle. Kahadein kimtza delevushe mineu Like the turtle, that its shell is part of it. Think about a turtle for a second. You know, you have a, a little kid goes to the zoo, and he goes to the turtle cage, and I'm sure you've had that experience, you might have had to have therapy because of this, that you go to the turtle cage, and the turtles are, you're all excited to see the turtle, and they're all hiding from you in the shell. And so you bang on the window and you say, come out, come out, come out from your shell. And the turtle never comes out. So you go home crying to your mother and you say, Ma, I didn't get to see the turtle. Is that a true or false statement that you didn't get to see the turtle? Obviously it's false. You saw the turtle. Ah, you only saw the shell. You didn't see... So what? The shell is as much the turtle as the cute little green wrinkly face of the turtle. What's the difference? Kehadein kimtza, like the turtle or the snail, delevushe mineu bey, that its garment is part of it. So shemele kim, the concealment, when God conceals his light is as much God as the light itself. It's like the turtle whose shell is part of it. And so that's what the Alter Rebbe is answering over here essentially. <speaking in Hebrew> that Hashem's name Havaya and Hashem's name Alikim have an interplay like the turtle that the shell conceals it, like the sheath conceals the sun, but they're both Him. They're both equally Him. But here God is manifesting as revelation 
And here God is manifesting as concealment. That's Shem Havaya and Shem Alikim. And so that's essentially the answer to what the Alter is saying is that even though right now the world is being brought into existence every moment by the speech of God, Hashem's speech is bringing the world into existence and so the world is nothing other than the light of God. So if the world is nothing other than the light of God, why don't I see that? What's the answer? Because you're seeing God's other hand. You're seeing the shield. You're seeing Shem Kim. Now, we learned already that Shem Kim can manifest as vessels, garments, and shells. Shem Kim includes all of that. It's all Shem Kim. He's putting his light into vessels, garments, and shells, but it's all still him. And so it's still Einar Milvadoi. Even though when you look at the world and you don't see God, the not seeing God is also seeing the turtle shell. Is that clear? All right, we're gonna we'll leave the text for tomorrow. Any questions or comments or witticisms at this point? We'll leave the text for tomorrow. But uh, tell me if there's any question. But but is it clear the idea how this interplay of Havai and Elikim are working like the sun and the shield? Yeah, and think about that idea that when you put your hand on your head, on one hand your head is being covered. But you're not. But it's not a good covering because you don't stop. Your hand and your head are, are the same entity essentially. They're both you. Hashem hu elikim. That's the secret of Hashem hu elikim. Hashem havain elikim kulachad. Havain elikim are one. So whether you're seeing concealment or revelation, you're just, it's always the same Hashem. And that's what the altar is going to answer. That's why I see the world as a separate world because God is putting His left hand, so to speak, the concealment that's making that as if it looks as if it's running by itself. Yeah. I have a, I have a question. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to work out how this fits into what we've been speaking about the past two days. Like, which stage of the histalshalist that you were describing is like the cover being put on the sun? All of them. So that's the idea. That's what I'm trying to tell. That's what I'm trying to say. Havayan Elikim, the first symptom that we spoke about yesterday is also from Shem Elikim. Orein Sof is also Shem Havaya. And then as Seder Shtalshlis, as the downchaining of worlds, as worlds chain down and come down, each stage Havaya is what's revealing, albeit on a lower level or less of a revelation. And Elikim is still concealing. All the way till you get to Mamish, the, the world of where we are now, where Havaya, at a very contracted level, Havaya has contracted itself till the light of Havaya is bringing things into existence, and Elikim is making it seem as if it's something by itself. So Havaya and Elikim are the divine principles from the highest level of God's essence all the way down to here. They're the divine principles of creation and concealment. So, maybe, um, can you clarify then, when you were talking about yesterday, the what we were talking about, the symptom of, of Sharicha chapter 4 is X, but we weren't talking about that yesterday. Can you just clarify once more what the difference is that we're, what we're describing here versus what you were talking about yesterday? 
Well, yesterday we were speaking about the first symptom in Oren Sof. I don't have time to get into that whole thing again, but yesterday we were speaking about the first symptom when Hashem first contracts His infinite light. Mm-hmm. Right? Gotcha. Okay. And, 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 and at that level, it's also Havai and Elikim. In other words, from Hashem's infinite light, from the very beginning of Hashem's essence, when He reveals and then contracts, and as the worlds go down, it's always this two steps of Havai and Elikim. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Shari Yichud is talking about, the, the symptom we're talking about now is the symptom that you don't see that the tree is God's light. Yesterday we were talking about how God brings about originally His first light when He first emits and emanates light from Himself. It's not clear? And this one is happening in the center of the circle, so to speak? This yes. is like what we're talking about right now? Yes. Yes. And is that fundamentally different than what's happening, like coming down through all the worlds? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of different types of tzimtzumim. Don't forget, see, this is big. We're just learning, you know, there's a lot of different types of tzimtzumim. You know, between Atsilus and Bria, there's a tzim, there's, there's, there's what's called a parsa, a curtain. Kabbalah speaks a lot of, a lot of different types of tzimtzumim. There's not just one or two, there are many. That's what learning Kabbalah is. Learning Kabbalah is literally the map, how you get from God's essence, all the different levels. The, that's what Ishtalshulis Ha'elamis means, the downchaining of worlds. How you get from the higher levels all the way down here, until finally you, you come all the way down here to this world, right? And Havayin are Hashem is functioning in all His levels by way of concealing and revealing. Yeah? But I think tomorrow when you see the text, it's going to be, it'll make itself a little more clear, I hope. Anything else? Okay. All right, everyone. I hope to see everyone tomorrow. Just, just since, you mentioned, since you mentioned the whole Indian of Kabbalah or whatever, I just wanted to mention that in the beginning of, um, I believe the Sefer is called Shari Yichud of the Shasheler. He's, he speaks about that the whole that the whole idea of Kabbalah is just to understand this that Havayil came that that everything is completely unified and maybe there is one in the world. yeah yeah that, that's the whole purpose of Kabbalah itself. All of Kabbalah is to know that Havai and Elikim are one. Learning about all the different levels of how Havaya manifests and all the different levels of how Elikim manifests. But in Tanya, because, see, Tanya, Chesidus is not Kabbalah. Chesidus is not trying to make us into Kabbalists. If you're a Kabbalist, you would need to know all the levels. Chesidus wants you to get the general idea that's behind all the different steps of Kabbalah. And that's the functionality of Havayin Elikim, which is like the turtle with its shell, or the sun with its sheath. And that's at all the levels, from God's essence, throughout all the worlds. You always have those two levels functioning like that. The right right hand and the left hand of God. We'll continue tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem. It'll hopefully get more clear. Uh